Our Lady sent Don Bosco advice for the sanctification of his oratory boys in the form of mystical dreams. These visions late at night were incredibly taxing and would often leave the saint more tired than when he went to bed. But lessons contained in these experiences were not just good for the oratory boys to hear, they're good for everyone, for you and me. We will now recount the dream of fiendish elephant on this episode of The Miracles and Prophecies of St. John Bosco, a project of America Needs Fatima. I'm your host, Matthew Miller. On January 6th, 1863, after night prayers, all young artisans and students eagerly awaited Don Bosco. Then he mounted the podium and said, Tonight I shall give you a present. Every year around Christmas, I pray to God to suggest some gift that may benefit you all. This year, however, I redoubled my prayers, given your growing number. Yet Wednesday, the last day of the year, came and went, and so did Thursday and Friday, but nothing dawned on me. Friday night, January 2nd, I went to bed, exhausted, and couldn't sleep. The following day I felt worn out and half dead, but didn't feel upset. Instead, I was elated, as I knew from experience, that a horrible night usually means that our Lord is about to reveal something. I went on with my work at Borgor Cornales for the day, and arrived back here the next day in the evening. After hearing confessions, I went to bed and soon dozed off, tired from that sleepless night and my work at Borgo. So began the dream that I will give you as a present. My dear boys, I dreamed it was a feast day afternoon. You all were playing, and I was in my room with the literature professor, Thomas Vallaudi, discussing literature and religion. Suddenly someone knocked at my door, and I arose and opened it quickly. My mother, who has been dead for six years now, stood there saying, Come and see, come and see. What's happening? I asked. Come, she replied. I ran to the balcony and saw a huge elephant surrounded by a crowd of boys in the playground. How did this happen? Let's rush downstairs. Alarmed, the professor and I looked at each other and raced down. Naturally, many of you flocked to see the elephant, which seemed meek and tame. It playfully moved about, caressing the boys with its trunk and obeying their orders as cleverly as if it had been born and raised at the oratory. Many of you, though not all, kept following and petting it. Most just felt scared and fled, finally hiding in the church. I tried going through the side door that opens into the playground, but as I passed Our Lady's statue by the drinking fountain and touched her mantle's hem for protection, she raised her right arm. On the other side of the statue, Valadi did the same, and the Virgin raised her left arm. I was astonished and didn't know what to make of something so extraordinary. You all went in as soon as the bell rang for church services. Then I saw that elephant standing by the main entrance. Assisted by Father Alessonati and Father Savio, I went to the altar after Vespers and the sermon to give the benediction with the Blessed Sacrament. At that solemn moment, when you all deeply bowed to adore the Blessed Sacrament, the elephant, standing at the end of the middle aisle, also knelt, but with its back to the altar facing the front door. When the service ended, someone held me back as I tried to run to the playground and see what was happening. 
I went out the side door, which opens into the porticos, and saw you about to begin your usual games. The elephant had come out of the church into the second playground, where the new wing is under construction. Mark this well. It's precisely where the grisly scene I will describe happened. Then, at the far end of the playground, I saw several boys in procession following a banner with this huge inscription, Holy Mary, help your forlorn children. The monstrous beast, once so tame, to everyone's surprise, suddenly went crazy. It lunged forward furiously, seized the nearest boys with its trunk, hurled them into the air or flung them to the ground, and then trampled them underfoot. The victims, though horribly mauled, were still alive. Everyone ran for their lives. The wounded were screaming and begging for help. Even worse, if you can believe it, the elephant spared some boys who, rather than helping their wounded companions, joined the monster to catch new victims. I was standing by the second arch of the entrance near the drinking fountain. The small statue of Our Lady there became alive and grew to life-size. Our Lady raised her arms. Her mantle opened, displaying magnificently embroidered inscriptions. It then stretched far and wide to shelter all who gathered beneath it. The best boys were the first to run to it for safety. Our Lady, seeing that many were in no hurry to run to her, called out, Come all to me! Her call was heeded, and her mantle spread wider as the crowd of boys increased under it. A few youngsters who kept running about were wounded before reaching safety. The blessed mother, flushed and breathless, continued to plead, but fewer and fewer boys ran to her. Meanwhile, the elephant carried on its slaughter, aided by several boys armed with swords who prevented their companions from running to marry. The elephant never touched its helpers. At the Blessed Mother's request, some boys then left in quick sorties to rescue colleagues by prying them from the elephant's grip. As soon as they got the wounded beneath Our Lady's mantle, they were instantly healed. Many of those brave boys, armed with cudgels, risked their lives repeatedly, shielding victims from the elephant and its accomplices until nearly all were rescued. Except for a few youngsters lying almost dead, the playground was deserted. At one end, by the entrance, a crowd of boys safely stood under Our Lady's mantle. At the other stood the elephant, with ten or twelve boys who had helped it wreak havoc and still brandished swords impudently. Suddenly the elephant reared up on its hind legs, changing into a hideous long-horned specter and casting a black net over its wretched accomplices. As the beast roared, a thick cloud of smoke enveloped them, and the earth suddenly opened and swallowed them up. As that horrible scene ended, I looked for my mother and Professor Valauri, but found them nowhere. I turned to look at the inscriptions on Mary's mantle and saw that many were quotations or adaptations from biblical texts. A few of them read, Qui elucidant me vita maternum habebunt. They that explain me shall have life everlasting. Qui me invenerit inveniet vitam. He who finds me finds life. Siquis est parvulus veniat ad me. Whoever is a little one, let him come to me. Refugium peccatorum, refuge of sinners. Salva credentium, salvation of believers. Plene omnis pietatis, 
mensuetudinis et misericordiae, full of piety, meekness, and mercy. Beati qui custodiant vias meas, blessed are they that keep my ways. All was quiet after the elephant disappeared. The virgin, apparently exhausted by so much pleading, consoled and encouraged the boys, and, quoting the inscription I had inscribed at the base of the niche, qui elucidant me vitam aeternam habebunt, she continued, You have heeded my call, and were spared the slaughter the devil wrought on your colleagues. Do you want to know what caused their ruin? Foul talk and foul deeds. Your sword-wielding companions are those who seek your eternal damnation by enticing you from me, just as they did with many of your schoolmates. God punishes more severely those whom he waits for the longest. The infernal demon grabbed and dragged them to eternal perdition. Go in peace now, but remember my words. Flee from companions who befriend Satan. Avoid foul conversations. Have boundless confidence in me, and my mantle will always be your safe refuge. After these words, Our Lady vanished, and only our beloved little statue remained. My deceased mother reappeared, and again the banner with the inscription Sancta Maria Sucuri Miseris unfurled. The boys marching behind in procession sang, Praise Mary, ye faithful tongues. Shortly after, the singing and scene faded away, and I awoke in a sweat. This was my dream. It's now up to you, my sons, to give yourself a present. Examine your conscience to know if you were safe under Mary's mantle, if the elephant flung you into the air, or if you wielded a sword. All I can repeat is what the virgin said. Come you all to me. Run to her. Call her in any danger, and I assure you that your prayers will be heeded. Those badly mauled by the elephant must learn to avoid foul talk and bad companions. Those striving to entice their companions from Mary must change their ways or leave this house immediately. Now if anyone wants to know which role he played, let him come to my room and I'll tell him. I repeat, Satan's accomplices must either mend their ways or go. Good night. If we were to examine our consciences right now, which one of these groups would we have been in? St. John Bosco was admonishing and encouraging his boys to greater virtue so as to not put their souls in peril of damnation. And, unfortunately, some of those very boys did not heed his sage advice as he saw many suffering the fires of hell in other dreams. Boys that he had done apostolate with and knew by their faces. Boys that did not want to abandon their sins and lead a holy life. Hearing this incredible advice sent straight from the Mother of God, we shouldn't listen passively, but we need to engrave these messages on our hearts so that we can join her forever in heaven. Let us pray to Our Lady for the grace not to fall into the group of people that are indifferent, or worse, promote the damnation of others by words or by deeds. If you'd like to hear about how Don Bosco's Church of Our Lady Help of Christians was saved just in the nick of time, please click on the video above. Thank you all so much for watching, and Godspeed. Our Lady Help of Christians, pray for us.